This week's episode is part of our Understanding Account series. Jenny and Nisha are going to be discussing what superannuation is. They will share how it is calculated, paid, the tax implications, and also dealing with the PCSE. Accountancy on Prescription by RBP, one of the leading firms of medical specialist accountants. We know what you find tough, but don't you worry, as we know our stuff. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Accountancy on Prescription. I'm Jenny Stone, one of the partners at RBP, and I'm delighted to be joined by Nisha Battelle, who is our client principal. Hi, Nisha. How are you? I'm not bad, Jenny. How are you? Yeah, all good. Good, good. On today's episode, this is part of our Understanding Practice Account series that we've done. Nisha's headed them up. She's done most of them. This is really for any new partners who are new to seeing practice accounts and also actually for existing partners. I know when I go to see clients, they always say to me that they struggle to understand the accounts. So today's episode is going to be talking about superannuation, how it's calculated, what you pay. We'll also touch on some of the issues with PCSE. So Nisha, let's get right into the episode. So something really basic I want to ask is what is superannuation? So superannuation is basically money put aside your working life towards your retirement. So i.e. it's your pension. Yeah, absolutely. The NHS pension contributions. And can I ask you also how much, so if you're a partner, how much superannuation do you actually pay? So what is the cost of the pension contributions? So when the partner pays the pension, it's based on employees and employers element of it. So PCSE will make a deduction for the employees and the employers element. Now, this depends on your estimated pay that you are going to be earning. So the tier rate ranges from 5.1 to 13.5%. And most GPs will fall into the category of 12.5 to 13.5 because that's earnings anything above 59,000. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I always say, if I've got salaried GPs that are just starting out as partners, what's really different is that when you're a salaried GP, you just pay your employee's pension contribution. But when you're a partner, you pay both employees and employers. And what basically happens is I say new contract, but when the contract came in in 2004, funding was given through the global sum to fund the employer's contribution. So just to say that the employer's superannuation rate is 14.38%, plus you'll be paying employees. And as Nisha, you rightly say, the top tier rate is 13.5%. And it did go down from 14.5% because previously it was 14.5%. It went down to 13.5% and it is due to go down. So that top tier rate is due to go down to 12.5%, but we don't know exactly when. So Nisha, you talked about that PCSE will make deductions based on an estimate. How is a partner's pension contributions actually calculated? What is it based on? So PCSE calculate the pension deductions based on the pensionable profits that the partners are likely to earn every year. Now, every February, PCSE will ask you to provide an estimate of this amount. 
and normally, you know, you'd have to do this yourself, but we advise you on the number based on your previous pensionable profit that you earned. And once you've done that, the pension deductions are based on that amount. Yeah. So PCSE are taking a monthly deduction based on an estimate. And then at the end of the year, so in February, what do the partners need to do? They need to submit a superannuation certificate. So every February, you have to submit a certificate. And this is basically a reconciliation of your actual pensionable profits compared to what you estimated. And then they will take the shortfall or give you a refund based on the deductions they've made monthly. Yeah, absolutely. So it's slightly different because, again, if you're a salaried GP or if you're a locum, quite often your superannuation is deducted based on your pay and you're paying an actual amount. But when you become a partner, PCSE will take the deductions from April to March, but this is only an estimate. And the good news is, if you're listening to this, you don't actually have to complete the Type 1 pension certificate. The accountant will do this for you. And also, Jenny, even for salary GPs, I know you say that they take the monthly deductions, but they need to submit a certificate as well. And this is slightly different. This is a type two. And every year they need to submit this. And if they don't, they'll find going further down the line, there'll be complications with the pension if they don't complete this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I often find when new partners join a practice and I ask them to get a total reward statement and they'll say to me they can't get it because their certificate's missing. And it's usually because they've been completely unaware that as a salaried GP, they should be completing a type two certificate. So if you're listening to this and you've just become a partner and you were previously a salaried GP and you're thinking, I've never, ever done a pension certificate before. This is something that should have been completed. And quite often, Misha, you end up having to complete, don't you, four or five years of type two certificates where people come to us and go, I didn't know I had to do it. So if you are listening and thinking, okay, I've got to do a type one as a partner, you should have also done a type two as a salaried doctor. And it's so important that they get done because your pension record will not be updated. Nisha, I know we've had some issues when new partners join and they start in a practice and no superand deductions are taken by PCSE. Can you just kind of talk through kind of what situation that may happen and why? The main reason for this to occur would be that the performers list hasn't been updated. So as soon as you join as a partner or if you leave a practice, you must notify PCSE and then hopefully they do update the performers list. Yeah. So that is the main reason why no deductions get taken. Yeah. And I've still got clients that have been partners for two or three years and they've still had no pension deductions taken because of the performers list. And I believe you can do this quite easily through the portal now. So it's normally that you as a partner, you have to put in to say that you have become a partner and the date, the practice manager then has to approve it. And also what I would say is quite often what we see is salary GPs in a practice then become a partner in the same practice, you still need to change your status. So you still have to log into PCSE's portal and just change the status from a salary GP to partner. And that's really important because if they still have you down as a salary GP, they're going to be expecting you to do a type two certificate, not a type one. So again, all of this has an impact on your overall pension. Nisha, can you talk through, so because of the way the superan is paid, could you talk through how GPs actually get tax relief on superannuation? So 
the monthly deductions that are taken by PCSE, you're getting tax relief on that amount. So you're not waiting for the end of the year to get the tax relief. So you're getting it during the year. But when you do the end of year reconciliation certificate, you're getting the tax relief after the year end because obviously they'll make the adjustment the following year. So it's a good way for them to take the monthly deductions because then you are getting the tax relief on that. And this is a problem. If you're a partner and the performance list hasn't been updated, you're technically getting no tax relief on your pension in the relevant tax year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a real key thing because tax relief is given on superannuation in what is physically paid in the tax year, i.e. what has physically been taken between April and March. So if the performance list hasn't been updated and PCSE do not take any physical pension deductions, then you can't claim them on your tax return. And what this results in is you having to pay more tax and then you have to wait for that tax relief. So we always stress to our clients, it's really important. Performance list is correctly updated. Estimates of pensionable profits are submitted that are realistic. Because again, I had actually an issue as a client you work on. I don't know if you remember this. We had a practice where the estimate never went in. And what PCC were doing is instead of deducting superannuation, they were making small refunds. Defense, of super yes, I remember this one. <laughs> I remember. And of course, what happened was, is we got to the end of the year They'd all had refunds. So if you have a refund of superannuation, you actually have to pay tax back on that because it's income. And so this caused massive problems for their tax payments because they then had massive balances of tax to pay with massive payments on accounts. And then those shortfalls weren't taken until a good year later. So what's really key is that the estimates are at the right level so that at least PCSE are taking the correct level of monthly deductions. Because if they take a small amount and you have a massive shortfall, you've got to wait until that shortfall is paid and claim it in the tax year it's paid in. So it is slightly different because I think if you're a salary doctor, you're used to having your super and taken from your monthly payslip, you get the tax relief all in that month. It's just the timing is different when you become a partner. Nisha, can I ask you, because obviously this is linking into practice accounts, how is superannuation actually dealt with in the practice account? So if I was a partner, what would I see when I'm looking at the accounts? So what you need to look at in the accounts, you need to look at your current accounts and you'll see a deduction under the current account called superannuation. And in that figure, you would have the employee's element and the employer's element. And we also make a provision for the balance in payment that would be due. So we provide that in the accounts. Yeah. And I think what's really important is that certainly if your clients have ours, we deal with those provisions of shortfalls. So the accounts are shown what is the total superannuation of employees and employers that's due on your profits. I know when I've reviewed, and you've probably seen this as well, Nisha, when we get asked to review accounts for somebody who's joining a practice and they're not necessarily a medical specialist, they may not have provided that shortfall. So when you're kind of looking at current account balances, it may be looking higher because the super run hasn't been provided. So it's really important. I think if you're not with a medical specialist accountant, that you're checking that the superannuation that's been provided is not just what PCC is deducted, but also shortfalls. And certainly from our point of view, if you overpay your superannuation, we will not provide the refund until it's paid because there is a timing for that end of year adjustment. So shortfalls, we always hold back from you. And it's a good practice because it gives you an accurate reflection on your current account balance. 
I mean, like in the example you said, Jenny, they were refunding the superannuation. If they decided to take out a lump sum payout at the end of it, they would all be overdrawn because we haven't accurately reflected the superannuation deductions in that case. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's so important because otherwise those current account balances look higher. Partners want to draw that money out. And then when the deductions get taken, they could find that they're having to pay back in. Absolutely, Nisha. That's fun and games with that client with, with those super and deductions. <laughs> it Nisha, did get resolved though at the it, end. <laughs> it did get resolved. It did. It took a while, but it all got sorted. And that's why we always stress to our clients. And obviously it's not necessarily you as partners that would be submitting the estimate, but the practice manager would submit an estimate. And you know, certainly if your clients have ours, most clients ask us for what those figures should be. So we're setting a realistic estimate. And the estimate should be done as soon as a partner joins or leaves. You shouldn't have to wait until the end of the year. You need to do it there and then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nisha, we kind of mentioned type one certificates. Can I just ask you kind of what's the process with this type one certificate? What is the deadline? Who prepares it? To be fair, the accountants prepare the certificates for you and the deadline is end of February, 28th of February. But there is no penalties because you'll find that, you know, PCSE might come back to you and say that they're missing a relevant tax year. So there is no penalties for submitting it late, but we like to get it done before the deadline. So the end of year adjustment is taken a couple of months after. Yeah, absolutely. And Nisha, we were busy submitting them all in Feb and they've all been done. But what we're getting now is quite often we get rejections. So PCSE, if they don't agree with some information that's put on the certificate, they reject it. Nisha, what are some of the reasons for some of our rejections that we're getting? Oh, some of the sensible ones. We've had some really ridiculous ones, haven't we, Nisha? We have, we um, have. We've had some really ones, which is really down to, I think, training for the people at PCSE that are dealing with them. But What are kind of some of the rejections that we get? Okay, so the most common reason for the rejection would be stating that the employees and the employers' deductions are not correct and they're not the same as what we've reported on the certificate. Now, this will happen if they've made deductions after the year end and we don't know about those deductions. Yeah. So we have to amend the certificates when we physically have seen those deductions and seen that they relate to that relevant tax year, then we can change the certificates. Yeah. And we've also had some, so I think we've kind of worked out that you can, from your portal, download an employee contribution statement. But I think sometimes some adjustments get manually put in by PCSE. So I had a case with a practice where we could see that they had physically deducted the money from the practice because we could see that on the NHS statements, but PCSE was showing that they had refunded the money. And so clearly this had been manually inputted by somebody the wrong way round. And of course, they were just then rejecting the certificate. It took over a year and a half to actually get all of that sorted. And then another common one that we often see, Nisha, is GP solo income, isn't it? Because That's right, yes. if you've got solo income. So if you work for an out-of-balance provider or quite often appraisals, you have told us that it's GP solo income. So we have shown this on the certificate. But if NHS England or the out-of-balance organisation haven't provided PCSE with the solo form, then they think that you don't have solo income and then they reject it because basically their figures are not agreeing with the figures on the certificate. And GP solo has been a massive, massive problem, I think particularly appraisal work. So what we end up doing is saying to clients, just provide us with the signed GP solo 
form and we will submit it with a certificate because we've had a lot of cases on solo as well. What I would say is if your accountant is submitting the certificate, so we normally, for us, for our clients, we submit all the certificates on our client's behalf, but we submit them with your NHS email address so that you don't have to sign them. So you would get the cases. So if you ever get an email from PCSE saying, we can't process your certificate because of X, then please always forward it to us, to your accountants, so that they can resolve the issue. And unfortunately, until those cases get resolved, your pension record will not get updated and we are kind of have ongoing battles don't we with PCSE we do and to be fair sometimes PCSE the reason why they reject it is for silly reasons but we're not going to go down that route today (laughs) (laughs) I was saying to a client yesterday I said they had a certificate rejected because there was a penny difference in the deductions it was all to do with rounding and they literally rejected the certificate because it was a penny difference that's how silly some of our rejections are but yeah so any emails you get on rejections please forward them to us and as Nisha's also mentioned already if you are listening and you were a salary GP and you have never done a type 2 certificate please make sure that you go back and do these because it's really important what happens is is if PCSE think that there are missing certificates they will not pass any information onto the NHS pensions agency so your record isn't updated so we have clients at the moment where they might have certificates processed for 1920 2021 2122 but if they've got an 1819 certificate because there was a query on GP solo and it's never been resolved then NHS pension will only have data up to 1718. So although PCSE are processed, you know, three later years, they do not pass any of that information on. And Nisha, one of the things that we do is obviously when we do accounts, we look at the portal. So we have access to PCSE's portal and we can view all of the statements and look at their certificates and see where they are. I think this is really good practice as well, even for you as an individual to view the portal, to see the status of your certificates. And if there's a rejection, then, you know, let us know the reason why. And sometimes it might say approved, but it doesn't mean that it's been processed, the certificate. So it's a bit confusing. But it's still a good way to see that PCSE have got the certificate. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say, we do that for partners, but partners can individually log in and view this. And I agree with you. It's really good practice to get into. But as a little bit of a warning, as Nisha said, they show the status and sometimes we see approved and we know the shortfall hasn't been deducted. And when we click into that certificate right at the bottom where the shortfall should be listed, it will say zero. Although it's showing as approved, that often means it hasn't actually been processed. But yeah, it's easy enough for you to log in. So I know some clients say to me, I don't even know what my login is for my PCSE portal. I think it's really important that you all have a login, that you can log in and view your certificates. And on the portal as well. So if you were, say, for example, a salary GP and it will highlight any missing years you've got. So it will alert you that you need to submit that certificate. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you're listening in your salary GP and you're thinking, oh, I don't know whether I've done them or my practice has done them for me, then as Nisha says, have a look on the portal. So I think we've covered quite a lot of detail about superannuation, so your pension contributions. And this episode was really looking at how it's deducted, how it's paid, what the tax relief is, 
we have recorded an episode, so I think it's episode five, which actually talks about what is the NHS pension. We cover annual allowance, lifetime limits. So if you want to know a bit more about the NHS pension, then have a listen to episode five. What I would say is that it is an inflation-proof pension. So most financial advisors will say, you know, it's one of the best pension schemes out there. So if you're thinking about opting out, then definitely need to listen to episode five or take advice. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you found that useful. And if you did, please share it with your colleagues, rate and subscribe. We release these episodes every fortnight. So continue listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. You have been listening to RBP's Accountancy on Prescription podcast. For any updates, please visit www.rbp.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at RBPCA. The contents of this podcast is for general guidance and informational purposes only and does not constitute any form of advice. The information provided by RBP is of a general nature. Appropriate and tailored advice or independent research should be obtained before making any decisions. RBP does not accept any liability for any loss or damage which is incurred from you acting or not acting as a result of listening to Accountancy on Prescription.